Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So in summer 2015, it's quite a significant summer of upheaval for Liverpool after a disappointing season. Uh, would you mind describing the situation at the club? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... You know, we came to the end of that season, felt that there were, to some degree, a lot of changes to make. Um, you know, we'd met with owners, we'd met with, as, as a group, uh, myself, as I remember, Michael Edwards, Dave Fallows, Barry Hunter, Brendan, um, Ian Graham, and just kind of looked at where where we felt, you know, those changes need to be need to come and then what the sort of profile of different players might be and and you know that's typical of most transfer windows. I think it was particularly busy because we felt, you know, the that there was a you know a big big effort to make. And so it was it was one of those summers where you literally every day was a different player, different conversation sometimes in Liverpool and sometimes in another country. But it was um, it was a big project that summer, maybe one of the biggest ever, certainly in my time. Um, and, you know, the, there was a lot of players came in, even across that year. Um, you know, uh, Roberto, Divock, uh, Dayan Lovren, James Milner, Danny Ings, uh, Nathaniel Klein... Christian Bintek. I mean, it was like there was a lot of movement. So, uh, big summer. How much of that was a knock-on impact of the the summer before? Because obviously losing Suarez and then I think everyone knows it wasn't quite um, replaced in the way that was probably needed for the side. Did that add extra pressure in, in that summer, particularly given how it ended? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I think whenever you lose somebody who makes as big a contribution as Louis did, um, you know, it's 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 often. I, I mean, I see this. You know, I've been doing this a long time now, and and it's interesting. You know, when you when you lose somebody of that quality, um, people just assume you can go and find you know the right replacement immediately. And often there are forces working against you, whether it's other teams or you know choice a player's choice, which it ultimately always comes down to and. You know, we were still in that period there where we were, we were getting better for sure at times, but but st- still not the biggest attraction maybe um, that 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 the team became in in later years. So, so it was hard work and it was difficult to find the right person. And 
I, you know, I remember Roberto's um, uh, name coming up. And I mean, I, I have to be honest, I personally didn't know a lot about him, seen little bits, but, um, you know, what a player he became for us. Who was, if it was one person, was the person who maybe pushed Firmino's name across the desk in those meetings? No, it never really worked like that. We, it would more be, a, you know, there was, it was, you know, the, the famed or ill-famed transfer committee was a lot about looking at um, looking at selections like volume. There weren't necessarily advocates for or against. We would just watch, you know, footage and look at details and talk about the economics and and then really sit, you know, get down to the final two or three usually, um, and then put those. To the manager, and and even then, you know, it wasn't about. I mean, we maybe gave some ranking orders to players um, in terms of you know what the manager felt was the best choice. But but again, you you needed to have multiple options because you know if it doesn't work out or it's you know beyond your budget or you know you just can't get that done for for economical reasons or or the player doesn't want to come, you have to have you have to have other solutions, and you're usually chasing the two or three. Uh, towards the end, really, you know, you, you you don't just negotiate with the first choice. You're negotiating with all three, and see which fish you land. Really, <laughs> do you remember? You know, you talk about obviously the at those meetings and the I guess the data points that you guys would have been looking at. What was it in particular that stood out about Roberto Firmino from that that analysis? Uh, yeah, I I don't remember in detail, but I do remember that you know that that he was the first choice for that position of all the players we were looking at at that moment and i remember that you know they really felt he'd be a great complement to what we you know what we had at that time and um i think it was i'm going to say it was like february february or march i think of of um of that year and i had a sort of brief conversation with hoffenheim and you know, sort of tried to get a sense of what their appetite for you know a real discussion was. And then I, I'm going to say it was, I think it was late May. I flew out to Hoffenheim and um, and and met with the owner actually, and and uh, Roberto's agent, who was very close to them, um, Roger Wittman from Rogon, and um, kind of started there really with the trip to Hoffenheim. When it comes to the actual sign itself, um, Don King tells a story, and I, I think you'll be best placed to tell it, of, um, I think it's fair to say, some plane hopping to finally get that deal done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely, I got more air miles on the Roberto Firmino deal than, than any other, I think. I um, So, I think last week of May 2015, I went back to Hoffenheim, met with Roger, um, and we went and had lunch with the owner of Hoffenheim, who I think is the owner of SAP, the software company. And we um, we met at this restaurant, kind of hammered out a deal for the team, you know, with the club deal. And that was all good. And then we went back to, to Roger's house and kind of sat sort of mulling through what the player deal might be. And that took a couple of days doing that back and forth. And um, and I was figuring, like, we're going to get this done today, tomorrow, and then I'll go home. And he said, look, you know, um, I really like, and Roberto really likes to 
to meet somebody from the club and to get it, you know, over the line. And I said, well, no problem. Like, you know, does he live nearby? And he said, well, he doesn't, he does live nearby, but he's in, um, he's in Chile. He's in Santiago, Chile, playing for Brazil in the Copa America. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> so myself and another agent from their group, a uh, guy called Emiliano, um, I literally had my assistant, like secretary, running around trying to find flights from Frankfurt or somewhere to to Santiago, Chile, which is not close. And I think like a 24 hours of flying to get there, flew to somewhere, I think maybe even Brazil and then on to Chile. And then, um, and the other thing was, we, he was he was in the team camp for Brazil and you know, the way those typically work is they're closed to sort of, you know, media and others and outsiders. And, and so we had to get in touch through, uh, Remember the goalkeeper, the Brazilian goalkeeper Doni. Yeah, we had to get we had to get in touch with him to get in touch with Dunga, uh, who was the manager of the Brazil team at the time, to get permission to go into their camp to meet with Roberto. And it was a lot of moving and shaking over a few days, but we got there, got to Chile, got to Santiago, and then eventually got to the um, to the team camp for Brazil and. Met Roberto, had a good chat with him, and um, fortunately, I, I don't know how we did this, but somewhere in Santiago, Chile, we found a Liverpool shirt in a shop, so that we could take the picture. And I've got, I've still got the picture on my phone of me and him and the and the shirt. <laughs> but I, I remember sort of saying to this guy, do you, do you know, there's a sports shop, and what do you think the chances of them having a Liverpool shirt? And he said that. I doubt it very much, but we found one. So, uh, yeah. I was going to ask that, as I said, is, your, is it your job to, uh, to iron that before it, uh, if, if it had been in the case or whatever? But no, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, fantastic. And then, you don't, like, because I left Liverpool or, or UK and flew to Germany, I'd, I'd know, you know, I didn't think we would necessarily complete everything on that short trip. And I certainly didn't think I was going to South America and, and, you know, never crossed my mind to have a, a Liverpool shirt in my bag. So, um, but, it, you know, as with all good things, it worked out in the end. Well, you had a, um, a smashing cardigan on for that as well, which doesn't feel like Santiago oh, no. chilly weather, weather, weather clothing. Oh, okay. Yeah, some bad fashion choices in them days, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I was, you know, and it was, I think it was weird. I was in, you know, obviously middle of summer in Europe and middle of winter in Santiago. So, um, yeah, probably bought that in some hotel store or something. But uh, but you know, like yeah. I say, you know, it, it, it all, almost doesn't matter in the end as long as you get the deal done. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely fantastic. I was actually going to ask you about the photo because yeah, it's funny how when you see the uh, the effort that goes into player announcements and stuff now, the idea that you took that photo on your phone, having not slept probably yeah. that day. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's unique, isn't it? Because you 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 know just one of those unique experiences where you know you fly across the world and you know meet somebody you've never met, and all of a sudden we're signing this deal that would become incredible for the team. And um, and what a great guy! I mean, you know, obviously his English was limited, and um, but but it's funny. I've probably signed you know hundred over a hundred players now in in my career, and this 
I think this is true of recruitment, even in, you know, like you recruited people in business. It, you sort of get a feeling when you meet somebody, you know, a bit, it's a bit like dating, right? You know, you kind of, kind of, you kind of get a feeling whether there's a connection very quickly and what sort of person they are and what sort of character they are. And, you know, couldn't have been a better choice in my opinion. He, you know, he's been such a huge, not just a huge footballer for Liverpool, but, but a great human being and that really fitted with the club and and I think that's a big part of why you know the fans fell in love with him. Can I just ask about the, those early days with him because you mentioned the the transfer committee and there's been a lot written around the kind of situation and maybe you know some whether there were almost was there a divide in the camp or whatever but when it comes to Firmino he doesn't really hit the ground running he doesn't really look as though the manager knows where he fits in with the side. Benteke feels very much as though he's the main man in Brendan's eyes for the for the team. Um is there anything to that from your experience of being in that, you know, that, that there was a bit of loggerheads between what the manager was looking for and maybe what the transfer committee were were interested in bringing in? No, I don't think so. I, I you know I I certainly don't remember it that way. I think that often you see in different clubs, you know, a player will come in and the player that is on the day of arrival often, you know, gets kind of some players come in and hit the ground running and some players just take a little while to settle and and for the for the manager or the coaching staff to understand, you know, the dynamics of that player and how to get the best from them. And, you know, I think I funnily enough, I was watching something um very recently about Jack Grealish about the player he was when he arrived at City and he is in and out of the team and, you know, the player now who's who's killing it for them. And I think I think that was more the case with Roberto. And particularly, obviously, when we... It was interesting, when we met Jürgen for the first time, um, I met him in New York and one of the first things he ever said to me was, like, you got a really great player in Firmino. So, I mean, it was almost like the first thing he mentioned about the squad was was about Bobby and um and you know obviously he knew the player from his time in Germany and I think I think there's a little bit of that you know the getting you know he knew him I think you know you'd have to ask him but I would say I felt like he knew immediately what he would how he would use uh Bobby and and you know and obviously got the best from him and but I I, I don't it definitely wasn't a case of you know Brendan not wanting him or not seeing him. I think sometimes, you know, different managers, you know, like to assimilate people in in a different, you know, way or different speed or how they are on the training field when they first arrive. But um, but there was nothing, he, he certainly wasn't against that transfer. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I mean, Yegi mentioned they were so actually really complimentary of so many of the footballers when he when he came in. There's famously Jordan uh, speaks about how he almost presents Bobby again to the squad and says, "This is a guy, you know, this is the guy. You don't know how good he is," and you know, effectively says he's going to build the side around him. Um, yeah, you can see, can't you? Almost, you know, you start to see the first shoots in that season really of what would go on to be. Klopp system, Klopp style, and it's got Bobby Firmino very much at the centre of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that 16, 17, 18 years, like he's so crucial to, to everything that goes on. But as I say, it's 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 great to be able to, you know, hindsight's brilliant, but it's great to look back and, you know, I, I love Jürgen. I think he's been incredible. I, I think that it's quite telling that he knew instantly, you know, and, and for for it to be one of his first comments to me when we first met about for me, you know, like he was, you know, we were just running through the squad and, you know, players we brought, you know, Milner, you know, Origi, he, I mean, he knew everything. It wasn't like he just kind of showed up looking for the Liverpool job. He had a real deep insight into the squad and, and um, yeah, and Bobby was the first, first, First words out of his mouth almost about players. Absolutely incredible. Um, the first real taste of Firmino and what become his role, the, the the Bobby role, the false nine or whatever. We play City away um, in the league and he's, he's playing in that position. What, what are your memories of that game? Not very much, to be honest. It's really strange. I, I, I um, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of football in my time, but um, I think... I think it's the great thing is when when you're involved in transfers, you know, you, you have to take the rough and the smooth, right? Some work out, some don't. Some are immediately impactful, some aren't. I think when you see a player playing a role, you know, that, that they're designing for or that he's designed for and then he has an impact, uh, it's, so, it's so gratifying. You're secretly feeling a little bit smug. <laughs> um but when it doesn't work, you know, you're secretly thinking, oh, you know, I hope we've done the right thing here. Uh, and it's it, it's a really strange thing. I, I can tell you that when you run in a club, it's hard to enjoy the games as you do as a fan. I, I mean, I find now, you know, I've been in Nashville for five years now. I watch every Liverpool game. I've never missed one since I've been here. And I really enjoy it. And I remember the games more than it did when I was because you're thinking of too many other things, um, but it was you know gratifying and and uh, and has been all the way through, you know to today or the end of the season there we finished. Um, 
you know, it, it's so gratifying to see something that you had a part in be so impactful for the team and and for him. You know, he he came to us and you know made such a huge impact. But I, I don't particularly remember the individual games uh, that much from the time, just for those reasons. The the season ends in disappointment, obviously with the Europa League final, but. What was the general sense around the club? You know, obviously, Jürgen hasn't even done a full season. He's taken effectively another man's team to two finals. Um, was there a yeah. feeling of devastation or was was there more a sense of optimism? No, it was definitely optimism. I, you know, we, we go to Basel for that final against Sevilla and, and I think we feel really confident because he's, you know, Jürgen's had that, You've started very quickly to see the impact of him, um, both in, in, internally and externally. You know, you could feel, I could feel the the fan base, you know, the optimism in the fan base of of well, we've got the right guy. He speaks our language, and and we go to that final. Obviously, we lose, but it was interesting. We went back to the team hotel. We were flying out the next day, and we'd sort of set up. Obviously, if you win, you know, to have some kind of celebration and we got back and we were on the bus coming from the, from the stadium. And he said, listen, you know, we have to make sure everybody celebrates here. He said, because this is just the start. And we go into the hotel, everyone's feeling miserable, staring at their shoes. The families are there. And we just went on the stage and he's like, whatever you think, you know, this is, you know, we're doing great things and we're going to get better and better. And, I think he said something like, "Nobody leaves the bar before me," <laughs> and and that you know, and the next thing I remember, it's like two o'clock in the morning or something, and everybody's still there. So, um, you know, and, and and it was the start of something. You know, I think it was, you know, back in finals, back, you know, with optimism after everything that had gone on with the all ownership stuff a few years before and the changes and. I think it really was the shoots of of what become, you know, and and um, and it, and it, it was important to have that sort of connection with the fan base that that had been lost to some degree, and and also to have somebody who's you know strong and and visionary and Jurgen, and and so it went from there. Um, it's another big summer, obviously Sadio Mane comes in, who is the second piece of what would become. Um... The, the front three as it becomes known um how was that you know how was that to bring that in what was the difference that summer compared to the, the summer that had gone before yeah I think it was I think it was different because we you know in Jurgen you had a very um you had a very collaborative uh discussion you know he would be you know the the recruitment guys would present and he was you know he had a really clear picture of what he needed more than I'd ever seen with any of the other managers. Um, you know, he was, it was very, and dominant to some degree of like, okay, I, you know, he often with, and I, you know, you see this across multiple teams, you, you see some teams where the manager or coach, are, you know, it's almost like uh, collecting bodies type thing. Oh yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him. Jürgen was is very decisive, I found, and that makes the job for us so much easier. It was like, I really like that, I hate that, I don't like that, I really love that. And and so 
it was just easier. It was, you know, it was more, it was, it was very straight and clear and, um, and, you know, and we, and we had a, a great summer. I think we brought some great players. Sadio was incredible. And, you know, we started, we had a discussion with, um, about him actually, if I remember, we internally had a discussion in Basel in the day before the final about him. You know, we were actually, I, I distinctly remember a meeting where we talked about Sadio um, while we were at the at the Europa League final, which is, you know, it's kind of ironic to some degree. <laughs> um, the Pulse Cure top four on the final day, the following season, what, was there a big sense of relief in that, you know, in terms of it being a, obviously a pivotal step towards what Liverpool needed to get back to achieving? Yeah, and I think we said a lot in the media at that time that, you know, we, people always think it's an arrogance, but if you're Liverpool Football Club, you know, we know that European Cup Champions League is is where we should be. It's not, you know, there's no God-given right, but it's it's what our club is, you know, got the most history in and the most achievement in. And, and so it's always the goal and to be back and have that to pivot off. And then, of course, it, it creates a chain reaction for other things because, again, you know, we see with multiple teams, if you're in Champions League, the attraction for players is just so much higher. And, um, and so we had a squad that was getting better and better. We now had a platform to bring more talent. And, you know, and we had a manager who, who was very, you know, committed to that competition and wanted to go and you know, achieve great things in it, which he did. Did you know that summer you were it was going to be your, your your last at Liverpool? Yeah, well, I, I um, I actually had the conversation. I, you know, for me, it was never about. There was no single reason. I just had ten years, and and these jobs are hard. You know, it looks like wow, that, that's great, right? You know, but it's it's a lot of lot of pressure, a lot of commitment, a lot of time, a lot of kind of you know other things and. I came there in 2007 with a with a real sort of idea of what I thought I could contribute, you know, whether it was, you know, building up the, the revenue. The, the club was somewhat lost commercially, in my opinion. And obviously there was the big project with the stadium that had been hanging around for years, new stadium, you know, fix up Anfield, whatever it was going to be. And, and obviously get the team back in, in good shape and, you know, I, I could never, you know, you can only buy the players that, that are set out in front of you and some work, some don't. I, you know, I, I felt that everything I could do, I'd kind of done. You know, we, we'd finished the main stand or we're going to finish the main stand that year. Um, we, you know, we were flying commercially, you know, a lot of big deals and then really great shape, a great team of people. And so I, I just felt my time was done and, 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 you know, somebody asked me when, you know, after the sort of when they win the league and when they win the Champions League, oh, do you wish you'd stayed? And, and not really. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've been a Liverpool fan since I was five years old. So I celebrated it and I was at the games, you know, just like everybody else. But I actually enjoy, probably enjoyed it more because I didn't work there, you know, and I loved my 10 years. I genuinely loved it. But it was my decision, the right time. I told them. I think almost a year before I left and then we announced it later. Um, but, you know, cause I, cause I, I wanted to give, you know, the owners the best possible runway to, to replace me and, 
um, and I love the place. So yeah, no regrets. I had the best time, and um, you know that was the right time for me to go. You certainly look a lot more relaxed and chill than I think probably in the last <laughs> couple of years in that place. Yeah, um, Nashville's way less stressful than Liverpool. <laughs> let me put it that way. Um, can I just ask you, um, what's your favourite Roberto Firmino memory? Oh wow, so many. Um, yeah, I, do you know the one I love is the the little the the, the no eyes and the side foot. I can't remember who it was against. Um, you know the one where he kind of looks away from the goal and he does the back heel into the goal. I can't remember who the game was. It was just like, you know, you're almost taking the Michael there. You know, it's like he, he that, that was what I loved about him. He's just he had such a great attitude, you know, and it was like it was just cheeky enough to be cheeky and not disrespectful. And he's just got that about him. I think it's why so many people love him. Um, you know, just yeah, incredible. And then I have to say there was a a bit of emotion for me in that last game when he got the goal. Um, I was I was watching it here on TV. Um, but you know, for him to come on and, and score, um, it's almost like a fairy tale, right? And and he so deserves it. And um, you know, I actually was in I was in the UK uh the day after that game. I was in the UK and I actually bumped into, I was in Manchester wait, uh, staying in a hotel the night before I was flying back to Nashville. And uh, I'd been over, my, my son and his wife had a, a baby and I'd been over and I'm in the hotel and I bumped into Jordan and Millie and Andy Robertson and the Ox. And, uh, and we were talking about it, you know, I said to them, I said, wow, incredible, like for Bobby, like to score. And they were like, oh, the players were just it couldn't you know you couldn't have written the script any better absolutely amazing and if you had to and you do because we need everyone to do this how would you describe Bobby Firmino in one word um, wow uh, in one word incredible Hey guys, that full interview that you've just watched or listened to that came as part of the filming process. For Bobby Firmino, the best in the world, that amazing three-part docu-series. Episode one is already available right now on our YouTube channel, the Redmen TV YouTube channel. Go and check it out. Episodes two and three available at redmenplus.com. Go and check out episode one. I'm sure you'll love it and I'm sure that'll make you want to head over to Plus to watch two and three. Absolute belting series. The best thing we have ever made, bar none. Go and check it out. I'm sure you'll love it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.